Hey there, welcome to the Lead Bold Podcast, a place where we engage in incredible conversations with amazing leaders in ministry and ministry partners as we encourage and challenge one another to live fully into what God is calling us to be. For each episode here on the Lead Bold Podcast, we focus in on what we call the three W's when it comes to talking to our guests. The first W is a word, something that has been given to them or been put on their heart by God about working in ministry. Two is a warning, something that they have learned from, can share insight for, or can even kind of open up vulnerability about failures and places where they have room to grow. And lastly, wow, a time in their ministry and in their walk with Jesus where they have been blown away by what God has done and what he has taught them. Let's jump into our episode for today. Jenny Wong Clayville was born and raised in Seattle, Washington, but she and her family now live in the Washington, D.C. area. She is wife to Brian and boy and mom to Chance and Paxton. Jenny currently serves at National Community Church as the weekend experience pastor and is a part of the teaching team at the Northern Virginia location. Over the past two decades, she has served as a pastor in Portland, El Paso, Oklahoma City, and Fort Worth, Texas. Her ministry experience has varied in positions such as worship and creative arts, first impressions, and executive pastor. Jenny also serves on the leadership team of the Leading and Loving It for over 10 years, and recently on the Propel Excelsior team to support women in ministry internationally. Jenny is a lifelong learner, an unpretentious foodie, and a more pretentious coffee lover, and also a self-proclaimed comedian. Let's hear from Andrea and get back into the episode. We're here with another Lead Bold conversation with an incredible leader named Jenny Wong Clayville. She'll share with us what she's learned along the way when it comes to the kind of posture we take as leaders and what that means for us in the way we hold our space in this world. We had so much fun talking with Jenny and we can't wait to share this with you. So enjoy. Well, hey, everybody, we are back with another Lead Bold episode and excited to share our conversation. But first, I must, of course, greet my co-host, Aaron Seth. Hey, Aaron. Hey, hey, everybody. Happy to be here. We are happy to be here. And we're happy you're here because what you guys all don't know is that Aaron just had to spend the last 20 minutes trying to fix our sound issues. So, Aaron, <laughs> you're awesome. I almost said you to man, but we got to change that phrase. Like, you to woman. You to woman. You to woman. Way to go. And excited to have our guest with us, Jenny Wong Clayville. Hey, Jenny. Hey. So glad to be here. We are glad to have you here. Now, you are on, you're over on the East Coast. Yep. Yep. So you're like halfway through your day. We're just starting out over here. Yes. Half my day is done. And it's Friday, so I'm ready. (laughs) Yes. You lucky, lucky lady. Any fun plans for the weekend? Uh, you know, I, I'm preaching this weekend, and I'm also just trying to hang out with my kids. So any time in the summer is good, period. Nice. I love it. Very cool. Well, we are very eager to jump into our conversation. As you know, we kind of hit these three three W's, and what's fun about that is even though the construct is the same every time, the answers and the directions that we go are completely different because, of course, we're exploring your unique perspective. So let's jump in. Um, Let us know what is a word that you've been thinking about lately or maybe for a long time and why and just tell us kind of how that's impacted you and the way you lead and the way you um, just exist in your calling. Yeah. So what's your word? I love these W words. I I love that keeps it simple. Uh, You know, I think this word has been something that I have, you know, processed for many years, but especially you know, two plus years out of COVID, I think this is important. And my word is posture. 
And really, in the end, it doesn't matter what we think or what we believe or what we're advocating for if we aren't aware of our posture or not intentional about it. Um, without that, none of it really matters. So this is how it all connects to how we steward our lives uh, and how we pour into people and how we respond in celebration, crisis, and injustice and how we love God and others well. So uh, posture is reflecting to others how we're reflecting our own creator so that's the word i love it so that so specifically you're talking about especially in times when there's conflict or you're you know kind of having to stand up for something like tell us a little bit about how did you learn about making that so important you know i think for me um and i think this is across the board we, who is it that said this? It's a, it's a very popular phrase, but it's 90% how you react to it. 10% what happens to you, 90% how you react to it. And so mm-hmm. the posture part is, is that, right? And so anything can happen, but if you choose to be bitter and you choose to hold that grudge or you choose to, to play the victim or the underdog forever, it, it kind of becomes like this thought becomes things kind of a situation. And I'm not saying like, hey, thoughts and prayers are everything. Like you just think of it like in positive and it is positive because that's not true either. There's definitely a tension in the balance of all of that. So really it's just as a woman, uh, as a minority female actually, uh, let, let's be honest, like things aren't the easiest. They haven't been the easiest growing up. You know, I would say in my teens when I thought I was going to be in ministry, I just kind of looked at it and was like, I don't see anyone that looks like me. Mm. women or minority right and so it's really like okay am I going to be bitter and just be upset about it always or am I going to take the best of what I have and apply it and and so that kind of goes across the board in different um, I guess the different areas of the spectrum obviously in everything that we do yeah it's you know it's kind of reminiscent of some conversations that we've had on this podcast just about kind of what is your internal narrative and, and, of course, so much of that was formed in us uh, where we didn't have any control over it. But we get to a place where we do have control over it. And so kind of stepping into these places and being able to choose to, to be loving, to reflect our creator, like you said, you know. What are some things, like, have you, have you been able to see the difference that it makes when somebody has the you know kind of a godly appropriate posture and when somebody doesn't I know that's kind of specific to pull off the top of your head but even in my family um like my my mom my sisters my grand grandmother like how they respond to things hardship and here's the thing we are not guaranteed uh, at least how I have interpreted the Bible we're not guaranteed a happy life Nowhere in the Bible it says that. It does many right. times say to choose joy, right? In Philippians, it is a choice. Uh, but what, th- what we are guaranteed is suffering. That's clear in the Bible. Uh-huh. And so what do we do in the suffering? Do we still praise God? Or do we still look at what we have? Do we still, you know, do we still celebrate the small things? Or do we just close up and lose all hope? You know, and, and the reality is this world is so limited in our time here compared to the eternity of our full lives right and so why would we choose to make um 
make it miserable. I have seen my own family, I have seen close friends choose the negative narrative and it really does affect their life. It, it changes how they see everything, how they perceive everything. That posturing um, changes whether they are living their life to their fullest or they're retracting into a hopelessness. And so um, my, my hope is that everything I do actually just exudes joy, even in the lament, even in the grief. We're, we're holding that space, but also saying, yes, there is joy in this part of it too. I've always been a super drawn to Psalm 13, the like prayer of lament, right? How long, oh Lord, will I go on like this forever? And at the end of that Psalm, it's quite short, but at the end, there's, there's that phrasing, but still I will praise your name. Like that, something that we might feel, you know, is more of a like tangible choice is also reflected in those who love the Lord in scripture. It's modeled, it's shown as a way of, of choosing that joy. But sometimes that choice can be really difficult. Um, but the power of how that is visually perceived and how our community mirrors that joy, reflects that joy um, when they see the permission to recognize that even within suffering and within victory, the posture of reflecting Christ. Yeah, I think about women, especially who, you know, as women, I feel like we have so many different plates that we're spinning. And I know, like, I'm just thinking about even the week that I just had where I'm just like coming into this day a, a little overwhelmed, a little flustered, a little like, oh man, I don't even know where to start with all the things that I feel like, all the balls that I feel like I've dropped this week. <laughs> you know what I mean? But coming in too with a, a perspective of the joy that I get to do this, I get to lead. You know, for you, Jenny, who didn't see people you know, you didn't see a woman, you didn't see a minority woman leading to be able to look and say, oh, I get to do this and holding that in intention with, and also it's hard, <laughs> you know, where does like posture fit into all of that and just kind of the choosing joy piece? Um, you know, that's such a good question. I think for everyone, this could be different. I, I don't in any way I don't ever want to speak over like real trauma because every one of us experiences it differently and different traumas take different time spans and different levels of, of application in how we deal with it. Right. And so in no way am I trying to say, Oh, you know, we're just going to pray that sadness away. We're pray that lament right. away. If you just right. trust God enough. Right. I, mm -hmm. I don't think that in any way is what we're saying or what I'm saying. Um, I think what we're trying to hold in tension is both, right? Um, you know, in James 5, um, this is part of my sermon this weekend, but James 5, chapter 5, uh, verses 13 uh, and 14, it says, Is anyone among you in trouble? let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of, of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And James here is actually, for the, for the linguistic nerds out there, uh, the word here is for praise in the Greek is saleto, which 
um, is in the present tense and it adds this nuance of continual and repeated action. But the mm. word for pray here is proseugesto, which is also a present tense and continual. And so what this is actually telling us is that we actually hold the tension because how do you do two very different things in a continual or repeated action at the same time, right? It's saying that we do this simultaneously. We hold the tension between lament and joy in our hearts and prayer and praise at all times. And so it's hard to answer that question because I feel like all of us are very different and I don't, I don't ever want to like gloss over it. Like it's not a big deal, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. No, I appreciate that wisdom for sure. And, and I think it's that it's even just that old adage of like, taking one moment at a time one day at a time like what is in front of me now and how do I today in this moment in this season choose a posture that is loving that is fully to my best ability reflecting my creator and you know ultimately putting the person I'm trying to love above the situation you know and I think there's freedom for that like loving can look a lot of different ways. Sometimes loving means being honest, right? Sometimes loving means being vulnerable. Um, And so it's that, exactly like you said, Andrea, it's that next right step. But I think the part of posture that's so prominent as you're discussing it is truly just being really present and intentional, right? Like living in the space where you're knowing, God, I've invited you not only into my like soul, but like live in my body. Help me to make tangible, intentional choices for you even you know joy can like i said joy can also be something that is just like it doesn't have to live in its one dimensional you know understanding but the intention of how you will respond and how you will react is like the undercurrent right of, of the intentionality of living in your body in response to the creator so good Aaron. you know and it's funny because we we so often equate joy and happiness as the same thing and it, it's not we are called to choose joy at all times uh but joy you can feel joy in lament and grief happiness the way we have described it or or how we explain it is not necessarily always present and that's okay too right and so learning how to do that well i mean that's where the gap that's where the gap is for me (laughs) so still learning how to figure that out well, I'm glad that you admitted that because, um, you know, obviously we're all still learning. And it's helpful to know, like, you know, when we somebody who might see you from afar and, of course, feel like, oh, man, she's, you know, she's figured out all the answers. And it's like we have you recorded right here saying you are still learning. I so will tell you. you this. The older I get, the less I actually know. And it's just yeah. realization I have. I know nothing. So yes. thanks for having me on, but I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got nothing. Love it. You know, it's actually, so it kind of segues well, not that, but your word posture kind of actually segues well to our second W, which is kind of the warning because posture is kind of this idea of like how you come to a situation, how you come into the room, how you come into a conversation um, or even a, um, you know, just a larger social narrative that's happening. How do you come to it? Your warning that you want to share with everyone kind of is is adjacent to that talk talk to us about what kind of thing have you learned the hard way or just that you would give a gentle warning to those of us who are leading so a gentle warning i i i wish that i someone did this for me i am 
like a bull in a china shop. Uh, I I mean I'm a I don't know if you guys do Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram three. I mm-hmm. have mistyped as an eight many times, which mm-hmm. I love my eights. Uh, but that if you guys know, that's just a very assertive type, right? I'm gonna get some stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go in there and like push elbows. But here's this is what I've learned and this is what I've seen. Uh, my gentle warning um, with that is. Ladies, I want to encourage you to take more space. God created us as whole humans, as his image, and that deserves respect, honor, and care. And so often as women, we believe we need to make ourselves small in order to get in the door, and that will somehow grow into holding a space at the table, right? That's just not true. We're, we're created intentionally the way we are. And then with that said, kind of like what I and introed with all of this only works if we hold this tension in humility and grace if we come in like like I said like me a bull in a china shop that is not going to get us anywhere but really what that means is we're allowing our pride to run the gamut and God has called us female and all and our job is not only to lean into our calling well not shrinking ourselves but leaning into it but also to blaze the way responsibly for the young women coming up behind us. And we do this with integrity, care, and humility, um, and not with pride and not with a way of trying to win market share, whatever that means, or to be heard or to be respected. Because God will give that to you with patience, and if you do the next right thing, I remember, I think Aaron, you said that, or just take doing the next right thing. We don't know what the thing is right now. Just do the next right thing, and, and God will open those doors for you. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. So just a point of clarification. So at first when you said take space, I think most people, most women, might have heard that to be make room for myself self-care, you know, give myself margin and breathing room in my life space. But you're really saying take up space. Take up the space that you were put here on the earth to take up without apology, without feeling guilty, without deferring to somebody else, and also with humility and all those things you said, of course. But don't be afraid to take up the space that is your space to take up, right? You know, taking up that space, you're right, Andrea, like it is self-care. I know a lot of women, my friends that are moms, that have decided to put themselves second, um, almost martyr martyr themselves, you know, for their kids and their family. And in the end, they've beca- they, they, they're like a sliver of themselves. And that's not mm-hmm. what God has called them to be. And that's not what God wants their kids to see their mom to be, right? And so take mm-hmm. up space because – why would God have wasted time and energy and purpose in creating you to be on this earth at this time where you're at with the people that you're around if if you're not supposed to take up that space? So it's us kind of like almost throwing it back in God's face and telling the almighty God that he made a mistake like that. That's mm-hmm. first of all, that's rude. And also that's just not, <laughs> that's not right. You know, rude. that's not right. Rude. Don't be rude to God. I think there's this, someone told me one time that you know how like it's really tacky to leave the price tag on a gift. Um, when Christ gave his life to us, I've, it's always been important that that price tag stayed on it. Right. And that if we feel 
that Christ in giving his life for us and in correspondence to the call and purpose he's given many of us to lead, um, feeling that freedom to take up the space and trust the calling. And that can look so many different ways as opposed to being a singular woman who takes up space. Fill the space with other women. Fill the space with reliability. Fill the space with um, throwing out innovative ideas, right? That sometimes the idea of filling the space makes people think that they have to be big and loud, but there's so much strength in filling that space organically with other people, men and women, with using your knowledge and your like your pride in a healthy direction, right? For like, hey, I have a great idea about this and I trust what God's putting on my heart. That filling can look really broad and there's so many ways because there's so many different leaders in in how they can enact filling that space. And I also want to say too, like taking up space sometimes um, is not loud. Like, like you said this too, Erin, like it's not about being loud and proud. It is about maybe for some of us, it is making space for other women helping because they're not there yet, right? So how, if you've done it and you know how, how do you make more space for them? And for me, and I can just, all vulnerability all out there, for a long time, I for me to win meant that the idea, everyone needed to know that that was my idea, okay? That was trauma that I had to work out counseling is good for everyone. You should go. I'm still going for the rest of my life. Here we are. But I will say this, taking up space, more of me means that no one needs to know that was my idea. Because if God gave me the idea, nothing's new on the sun, by the way, but he gave me the idea in the specific situation and it gets implemented. It doesn't matter if it was my, my idea, not, idea or not. Cause it was, it's, his kingdom it's about his kingdom not my empire right and so it doesn't matter what who it's attached to what name in the end when one person wins we all win and if we actually looked at kingdom like that there wouldn't be all of the the pain the 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 things that are separating all of us from each other right now things you know politics we've got racism we've got like hate across the board right if we were just looking out for the other um that wouldn't happen and so taking up space does not mean more of me it means doing what you're called to do to the fullest however it looks yeah that's Yeah, that is so good. That's such a – and it kind of goes back to what we're saying about holding that tension. You know, I think as women having boldness and courage to fill our unique spaces with our unique everything that God's given us and also then to hold that really open-handedly that is like I'm contributing, filling the space that God's given me for – the bigger purpose of the kingdom and being able to let go, you know, that ownership, like you said, you know, I have, I have this, I have this visual of like, you know, if you pour water into something, it seeps into every single little open space that there is. And so as we are responsible to understand our own gifting and our own call and our own, like using, letting God use everything in us to fill our space, then we can then know that God will do it. You know, we do our part. God's going to do his part, right? There's so much boldness, too, in the vulnerability of filling that space. So 
in this points in which you have done that are and are in a position of leadership and mentorship to other people something really powerful in the same way as pride and knowledge is the acceptance and recognition of your failures i, I work in corporate america and i started a new company in two weeks and in a meeting my boss said to everybody before we jump into the agenda today can anybody stay on the call for a little bit afterwards I really dropped the ball and would love some perspective and thoughts on how to make it right. And I like looked left to right on my Zoom call because I was like, what is this? <laughs> what is this radical candor? And she is a female leader and it meant a lot to know that not only is there the strength of her bringing ideas forward, she also has the strength in showcasing a space and weakness and taking space in that moment is really powerful too. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Such a good example of having grace and humility like you're talking about. Jenny, how did you, did you struggle to, um, I know you shared a little bit about like kind of wanting to hold on to your idea and get credit for it, but can you talk a little bit about what other roadblocks you might have had to stepping into that space and saying, yes, I'm here and I, you know, quote unquote, deserve to be here like I'm supposed to be here. How did you overcome some of those hurdles for yourself? I'm thinking of women who, you know, might need to hear some of that encouragement because they're not taking up the space. Yeah, uh, I think when you say that, there's two things kind of going on. The first is um, I hear from a lot of women that they're not allowed to be. So they are working mm. in a place where um, whether they're getting pushed back or they don't believe in women being in leadership – and but they're called whichever way right so there's that tension and frustration and that's rightful rightfully so like you have every right to be frustrated when god has given you a gift to to do what you do and no one's letting you do it um so that's the first one and we can address that in a second but the other one is the the woman that has the giftings but is so timid or does not have the security to believe that they can take up this space. And so they withhold information, not maybe like on purpose, but like they think it's a bad idea. But they're withholding this information that doesn't allow us as humanity, as a community, to grow and be healthy, right? And though they're very, very different in the tensions and the frustrations, they're both equally not great. And they're <laughs> both equally holding half of humanity down right and when I say half I don't even mean I'm not like a, oh women are great and men are not like that's not at all what I'm saying I think that we should be able to function together well and so I think in these two areas really it's doing some really deep inner work that's counseling that's coaching that is getting mentorship there's so many um, there, there, there's so many resources now. Lead Bold is one. There's a, a few other ones out there that are specific to women in ministry, women in leadership. Um, hey, it's always worth investing in yourself. And I know sometimes like these things are expensive, but I also know there's scholarship op opportunities. So uh, mm -hmm. let's get women resourced, period. But there is an importance of doing that inner work so that you can get yourself out of the way, whether it is an insecurity or it's a pride issue, which honestly I think it all kind of is the same thing. It just manifests mm -hmm. differently, right? Yeah. Um, but dealing with that so that you can actually get outside of yourself. You know, if we go back to when we were talking about how I 
wanted every idea to be mine. And a lot of it was I was younger. And so it, it just, uh, people, I wanted people to know that I had what it took. I also have been very, very fortunate, and not a lot of women have had this, where they have had men be amazing allies for me. I have, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it hasn't been hard, and I'm not saying that I haven't like sat at a table with optics of like, hey, you have a space at this table, and but don't really say anything. You know, mm. um, yeah. I, I don't have that right now. I'm, I'm very fortunate that, that I have quite a bit of autonomy. Um, and so my job now is to give more women <laughs> autonomy the mm. best that I can, right? We trailblaze yeah. for yeah. them. So I have been very, very fortunate. Um, but I will also say that uh, I have been in a room many times where I have had to come to the realization that the people that are around me are better suited to do some of these things than I am right Mm. even though I can do it and I can do it well am I the best person for the job I currently uh, every person that reports to me right now is quite literally better than me at doing it and they will probably tell you that I'm pretty good at it because I can do it I can do it really well but I am one person and instead now I have six seven eight people that are actually doing these things just that specific like situation or that specific department and they are so incredibly talented in what they do and I can release that because I'm not going to be here forever our job is Mm. to make a path for the next generation and teach them so that they can make a path for the generation after that and after that and after that and so yeah um let's do that well that's really what I'm all for yeah Well, and we just have a few minutes left, and that's actually a great segue to this last one, which is the wow. Um, Tell us about how you've seen uh, something that has wowed you, and I know it ties into kind of a little bit of what you're already saying. Yeah, well, early in my life, uh, I hadn't seen any women in ministry. The only women I saw were, like, women that were married to a pastor. So I remember I was, like, 14 years old, and my mom asked me, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, Oh, I want to be a pastor's wife because I figured that was the only way I could do ministry because I Mm -hmm. knew I was called even then. Well, it's been like almost three decades since that day. And I've been more, I've seen more and more women step into leadership and ministry roles. And it's been incredible to watch. Um, We, I've seen the tension from uh, being stewarded on a whole spectrum of women for that are like really for each other. Like what you have here as a resource for women is a great example of that, right? We are, we can do so much more together than apart. Like we have this weird like idea at times of like, hey, there's only this spot available for this female and so it becomes a competition. But but that's not a real thing. Let's just make more space for women to, to come into it together, right? So I think what's really blown me away is watching women um, steward that space well. Um, it's incredible how much, um, how much just observing and watching it, it could be. One example specifically, um, when I was in high school, I watched a gal who was at the time an intern in ministry. She was getting her MDiv, and I was like, "Women can get MDivs? What? Like this was a whole new concept what? for me." And what? I know, and she was um, a pastor. Uh, no, no, no. They called her director for mi- for w- middle school ministry, right? <laughs> like, 
Aaron, I see you nodding. Yeah, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. title. Let me just be honest. Like, I, it never bothered me <laughs> uh, if it was me, but when I saw it in someone else, I was like, come on, be better. So anyway, her, her title was director, and she was just doing the work. She's around all these men, and she was just like, I am running with you. She in no way was going to be meek and less than, and she never threw elbows to, like, get in a room either. And I thought, that's how you can do that well. And so that was the first of many. Once I started looking for it, I saw some really beautiful uh, interactions between women in the ministry and women in leadership with others around them. Yeah. Well, I hope that we are looking for that, and I hope that we are creating those opportunities. I appreciate that you're doing that and so excited to have been able to have this conversation. I know it's been extremely helpful to those that are listening and just kind of having that, I don't know, again, I just tension is that word that keeps coming to mind where to be outer but to be inner and to be for yourself and to be for the people around you. So thank you for bringing that into the universe, let's say. (laughs) I don't know if I brought it in. I think I just had to like experience it on my own and be like, hey, don't do that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you're contributing, contributing to the. <laughs> I can contribute to the yes, kingdom. Yes, I can do that for okay. sure. We have we have a little. I was gonna say. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say we have a little uh, tradition on the podcast. You beat me to it. Go ahead. Oh, so Jenny, on our podcast, we have a little kind of tradition that as we're talking to you, we kind of are gathering some of the concepts that you've shared and we decide on the title for your autobiography. Now, no pressure, all, the, all that you have to do is write it, but we, we give you the title. And I had a couple of them, Andrea, did you have some too? I don't have very good ones. Well, I wrote down, I've got nothing, which is not a good title. <laughs> no, that's perfect. It was funny. I'm putting it on my tombstone, I got nothing. <laughs> And then, but as I was thinking about all the time, we're talking about space, taking up space, changing the space with your posture, giving space for other women. I just wrote stewarding my space well, or something about, you know, finding your space or spaced out. Maybe we don't want to write that. And you're not a, you're not a spacey person, Jenny. What do you have? I had, um, not my empire, his kingdom. I just think that concept is so powerful. This idea that hey, like, yes, it's about us stepping up, but also at the end of the day, it's about the kingdom impact. Um, But so many, I mean, we have so many choices, Jenny. Now you have to write multiple books. (laughs) Maybe these could be chapter titles and then it can just have a different one. But um, awesome. Well, hey, Jenny, we are real excited to be able to have you um, as one of our keynote speakers in our Chicago conference coming up in November. And can't wait for our community to get to know you thankful that they get a little sneak peek about you any last kind of words or thoughts from you hey everyone come to the conference it's gonna be great i also want to give you a heads up don't hug me because i don't know what to do with that i'm super awkward in person like soups awkward like (laughs) that's another title don't hug me (laughs) don't hug me but like once i get to know you i I will hug you but i i don't know what to do with it when people are coming at me just give me a heads up Okay. You can keep that All in right. the podcast well, you know or what? take it out. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Thank you so much for your time today, Jenny. So, so good to talk with you. And thank you for helping us recognize really what we have been given and how to use it well. 
Well, thanks again for tuning in to an episode of the Lead Bold Podcast. We hope that you'll take a chance to come here. Jenny Wong Clave will speak in person at the Chicago conference. That's November 3rd and 4th. There's a pre-conference also on the 2nd if you're in or near the Chicago area. We also have our Bay Area conference coming up September 16 and 17. A ton of amazing speakers and gifted leaders who are going to be there as well. You can find tickets, details, itineraries, uh, all of the speaker information and all the good details at leadingbold.org. Come hang out with us. Come dig in. Come meet the community. And as always, 